Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk to a musician, artist, author, or other creative Mississippian working in the arts across the state. I'm your host, Melody Moody Thordis, Director of Grants at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And on today's show, I'm speaking with Sabrina Wright, Executive Director of the Greater Jackson Arts Council. Sabrina, thanks so much for coming today. Thank you so much, Melanie, for having having me. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm so excited for our um, listeners to learn more about you. So before we um, learn who you are and how you got um, to the Greater Jackson Arts Council, I would like for you to kind of explain who the Greater Jackson Arts Council is to our listeners um, so that they have um, an understanding for the organization that you now run. So if you want to just give us a quick overview about that. Sure, 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 sure. Well, I am excited to be a part of this this great um, organization. The Greater Jackson Arts Council has been around in the city of Jackson, servicing Jackson and Hines County since 1981. So that's about um, 39 years. And so almost 40 years, actually, we're getting ready to celebrate our 40th year um, this year. So in October, we're planning a big shebang. So we're excited about that. Um, well, some of the things that we've done uh, at the Greater Jackson Arts Council, or, or maybe some of the things that we're known for is a better way to say that. We, um, we have uh, been able to introduce our mission, which is uh, the value in uh, diversity by increasing cultural access and opportunities through grant offerings, uh, special events, artist support, uh, venue management, arts marketing, and community engagements. Um, Maybe some of our agency's flag chapel services uh, that we offer are the cultural grants program, which provide direct financial supports to art organizations, independent artists, K through 12 schools and colleges and social groups and neighborhood artists. Um, we also offer a, a, a quality of life program uh, that is designed to enhance the image of Jackson uh, as it progresses. And we've been doing that for a very long time. So uh, we do uh, digital content. We have 13 mini doc, doc, uh, documentary series out. We spotlight uh, cultural positivity. Uh, we have national speakers series that that come in, uh, and it's a free, broad audience keynote event uh, for community interactions. We have our well-known public art projects uh, that we manage and fund, which is uh, one that is well known is the Welcome to Jackson uh, Downtown Mural, and of course the Obama Mural that is on Obama Magnet. And uh, a lot of the downtown uh, businesses and organization knows us best or knows our programming best for the Food Truck Friday. And so we're excited about that as well. And, and of course, you know, we do uh, programs uh, within the Art Center uh, downtown where we are housed. So 
Wonderful. Well, I'm going to um I'm going to ask you to break down some of those um throughout our conversation, but thanks for giving people um a sense. And you're and you're located in the Arts Center, which is in downtown Jackson and and just describe for people kind of where that is if they're imagining Jackson, where you, where your actual office is. So, we are right in between the um Jackson Convention Center and opposite section of the um, planetarium that is being uh, renovated. And we're right in front of the Mississippi Museum of Arts. So a lot of people get us confused, but we're like, we're next door neighbors to the Mississippi Museum of Arts. And right behind us is the also famous uh, Tharamara Hall. Right, Thalia Mar is right behind you. Right, so if yeah. you, if if anyone comes um, comes to Jackson or lives in Jackson, you know where the Museum of Art is and all those landmarks that Sabrina just mentioned. And um, the Art Center is basically on the other side of the Art Garden. Yeah, um, and then also Melanie, um, mm-hmm. just for for our new reference, we just did a mural on the back of our building, which is a right. big crit mural. Mm-hmm who is one of our local artists from Mississippi. And so we're happy to house that. And so that's kind of now our landmark on how we let people know how to find our building. Oh, fantastic. Um, yes, I just played some some big crit music on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Well, um, so, so I want to break down again some of these programs. So okay. let's talk a little bit about the... Um, creative empowerment series so i know that's kind of been on hold covid um but just just tell our audience a little bit about um that and what that what that looks like what it has looked like um and kind of where your thoughts on are on it um right now so creative creative empowerment has been uh, a really really um, signature piece for uh, Grand Jackson Arts Council. We've had a lot of great uh, series or signature pieces around national known audi- uh, artists that have participated in our um, in our series. But here's what what we're looking at now. We we found that uh, the gathering places, of course, COVID has uh, completely shattered what that looks like. But we've also looked at how we can bring in some cultural creative pieces that will uh, begin on our teachable platform. So we're hoping to connect with a platform that will allow us to have that virtual connection. Um, Also having some range of social distancing meetings that will also require people to uh, engage in person. I think what we're doing now is looking at how um, impactful that has been for different uh, for the tone of Jackson uh, and just speaking to the audience and the cultural Jackson and it has been very effective and so what we want to do is we want to look back at that and see now uh, what those conversations are and be able to add our 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 national uh, audience or at our audience to a national uh, speaker that will speak to to the current events or what is happening now. And we've, we've been excellent at that in the past and I think we're gonna continue that uh, and with some of the feedback that we've heard from our, um, our audience and the folk that are in Jackson and Hines County. And so some people uh, have visited all around the state and so we've heard b- feedback from them that they are missing that kind of interaction. So we wanna make sure that we're, when we come back with that, that it is gonna be uh, one of the 
most talked about events and series in the state that is relevant to what is happening now in the country and, of course, in Jackson, Mississippi. Well, and I think you guys have also done a wonderful job in the past of that event not just being um, the the luncheon itself, right? Right. I remember when Piper Kerman came and then she also went with you guys and went to um, some of the... Uh, I guess one of the jails and, you know, did some work there. Yeah. And, and, and so you, I think you guys have done a really good job of not just saying like, we have this luncheon, you know, absolutely, and we have absolutely. this national speaker, right. But there's a, there's a communal part to it as well. A community aspect. And there's always a strategy for, for those things. So, so none of the projects that we've done in the past are just a one and done. They are a continuation of our conscious work that we're, hoping to share with the with the broader audience. Um, as you mentioned about the Piper uh, piece, she did travel to the prison, and of course she was in prison, so she definitely related. Um, and I know I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but one of the things that we are doing is looking back at those pieces and seeing how we can continue to build the cultural effects that we would have in the city of Jackson. Um, so we're in the works of talking to uh, a couple of different um, artists about a uh, prison portion that would allow arts to be a big part of uh, the prison. Actually, we supported it in a financial grant. And so we're looking at how we can build that to be a programmatic piece that will continue to support and highlight the work that we did with Piper. Right. That completely makes sense and is really in line with the work you guys have been done, have been doing and will continue to do. Uh, That's really encouraging to hear. I want to jump off that and and ask you a little bit more about some of the things you guys have had to adapt to during COVID. Um, I I know you have several, several things you could talk about. I want to ask you specifically about um, the food distributions. Can you tell me and those listening what you guys have been doing to kind of speak to the moment and speak to the need um, in that way? Absolutely. Um, we have. We have. Uh, during this pandemic, we wanted to make sure that we were asking ourselves um, some really quick questions. Um, so we sat down with our board and some of our um, committee members just to talk about Um, in this last year, we had to ask ourselves some really, really big questions like how can we pivot um, and become more relevant to what is happening right now in the community? And so when we did that, we uh, focused a lot on um, our, our programs that we have with our middle school students and their families and we kind of pulled them a little bit uh, to kind of help us understand what that looks like and they were really they were really a influential piece on on where we should be going so we just decided that we wanted to help uh, not only our our families with the food distribution but we also wanted to reach out to our artist community and find out what their issues were as we're pivoting um, to that and so the food distributions are a really big part of that but the the part that the food distributions do for us as an organization it allowed us to partner and call on all of our partners and facilitate what that looks like as it relates to helping people uh, this is, we found out that uh, Mississippi only has one food bank in the entire state that distributes out to other food distribution 
uh, 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 organizations. And so that is a lot of heavy lifting for the entire state. And so we decided that, and and most of the time, those uh, pieces are predicated on your income. Um, But we noticed that some of our residents were working class people that um, still had their jobs, but had gaps of funding or resources. And so we wanted to just be able to create an opportunity for them to participate in meeting their needs without having to answer the income question. I think everybody has been forgiven about uh, uh, resources being lacked at this time, but uh, feeding folks and providing an opportunity for them to have access to good quality food was very important to us. Um, and so we we reached out to some partners and decided that we were going to participate. Uh, the city of Jackson uh, asked us to partner with them on water giveaway. And we were like, sure, absolutely. We know that's not necessarily uh, what an arts council do, but we, we thought that the art of giving was most important right now in this time where everyone is suffering from um, trying to rebound from what our economies have afforded us. No one asks for these situations and circumstances. And certainly we wanted to be responsible in doing our part to participate in that. Well, on the topic of kind of focusing on, you know, hunger and health and fitness as kind of something that people may view as uh, living on the outskirts of the arts and you have really done a great job and the arts council has done a great job of integrating those two things and continuing to look at how to integrate those things so I wanted to ask you about the uh, Keith Herring fitness court and and, and the work you guys have done with that and it's it's so exciting Um, as someone who goes to the children's hospital often um, I'm so excited about the location and that space. So yeah. please tell our listeners about that that fitness court. Where we are, that is one of the signature pieces that we have coming out of uh, GJAC for our 40th year. It's going to speak to most of the things that we've been talking about as we look at our mission statement and um, kind of focus on cultural experiences. And like you just said, connecting the arts to all things. Uh, we, we, we see art as a way to communicate, you know? And so for us, uh, right now, health is a big part of that. Uh, we have been, uh, locked up in our houses and trying to figure out how to stay healthy as far as exercise and movement is concerned and having a piece of artwork that gives you that uh, visual effect, it's going to motivate that movement for us. And this Keith Herring piece is just that. Uh, we're in love with the location as well. We we wish that we could spread the love over the entire uh, city of Jackson with these signature um, artist, artistic pieces uh, with this Keith Herring piece. But we felt like a start would be uh, at the location right in front of the children's hospital um and we're excited about that it is going to be a national piece um actually we're expecting to break ground this summer um we're excited that it not only provides for us um a great uh piece that marries the fitness health 
industry with the arts, but also that our community will have a safe place to kind of get out there and exercise. It's near Belhaven's community. And then the children that are at the hospital can look out of their windows and see such a transformation from just having a, just a blank space there. Uh, we're excited to have on sponsorships from the uh, Jackson Heart Study and all of the things that they're gonna be doing with us. We're going to build out programmings that are around that surrounds fitness in that area um where we're just going to have some saturday mornings pop-ups and melanie you and i talked about before our break how we were going to get more active and exercising downtown we will be able to do that there's going to be uh programming where we have fitness trainers that are going to come out and say hey this is a pop-up today we just wanted everybody to come out and exercise and so to give us some kind of training on the equipment and everything that is out there so we're excited about all of the new um facades that is going to be happening with that Keith Herring piece. But not only that, that we're getting the community engaged again in what health looks like uh, using the art. So we're excited about that. I know I can use a, a fresh, a breath of, breath of fresh air as it relates to my health and fitness routine. And I know that this Keith Herring piece is going to do uh, just that for, for the community. And an excellent thing, you know, um, with the, the weather turning warmer and people, as we talked about, kind of dipping their toe back into um, being with people. And a, what a great outside experience um, in which to do that as well. Hi, I'm Melody Moody Thordis, and you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. To hear all our conversations with creative Mississippians, be sure to subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast on your favorite podcasting app. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things listen to Fix It 101 podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. Each week on the Arts Hour, representatives from the Mississippi Arts Commission speak with different creative Mississippians. Today I'm speaking with Sabrina Wright, Executive Director of the Greater Jackson Arts Council. So, Sabrina, before the break, we were talking about um, the Arts Council's approach to um, integrating the arts with other parts of um, need. And I want to talk to you about your passion for that kind of work. So um, specifically, I'm thinking about some intersections between the arts and um, social justice. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about, I know that's a big topic, tell me a little bit about your, the things you're thinking about around that topic and things you're passionate about around that topic. So yes, we, we, um, as we're coming into uh, a new, um, I say I would say uh, new energies that 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 the Greater Jackson Arts Council uh, wants to project to the to the greater community, we're looking at how the intersection of art and culture 
and as a uh, as a means for justice um and so so that's for us is a lot of things you know uh this is when issues such as labor rights housing access environmental justice prison abolitions community violence displacements and other issues you know facing jackson or other oppressed communities serves as a voice that creates a pathway into artwork uh, performance and projects and artistic expression um because you know that's the, that's the way we communicate our story to the to the wider community um so it's natural as a piece for uh, as we look at social justice and things that are happening in and around our communities most of our artists normally come to us with projects about how to express them um that social justice work i mean um, so we're excited to be able to support that work, but we want to get more involved in the building of what that looks like um, on a different perspective. Uh, we have had uh, conversations, a series that we are working on called The State of Race way before uh, uh, race. Uh, well, I think race has always been a topic, but before it became um, the number one priority of our of our speaking uh, to communities and a number one priorities in the overall universal voice for for uh, folk that are oppressed. It has always been a uh, topic of conversation. We never not talk about it. It's, it happens at our, our kitchen tables. It happens mm-hmm. everywhere. It's the conversation that we have. Um, but speaking to the solutions of what that looks like is more of what we want to move into for social justice uh, for the social justice work that we're looking to do in the community. Um, recently, we were able to have a ton of uh, artists apply for a particular piece that uh, that talked about voting rights, uh, just to promote uh, the voting rights of Jacksonians and, and Hines County residents in, in and around the city. And so we partnered that with uh, some local artists, they were able to create these special pieces during the uh, national presidential election. Uh, when I tell you they were some powerful pieces, uh, they were some very, very powerful pieces. So much so that we have uh, committed some of them to Jackson State, Tougaloo, Alcorn, and one we have right out in front of our building that still displays um, that kind of work, that the urgency of voting and not telling people how to vote, but just saying participate, Uh, make your voice uh, become a part of our community again. And so that's what those pieces are about. I want to say to that how important that is because a lot of time when we talk about what people, how people are investing in the community. Our biggest investment that we can have is being involved in the local processes of voting. And so the average person that is not an artist or may not be necessarily involved in the arts community will see that as a billboard, but as a creative piece that came from a local heart. 
So, Sabrina, um, could you give us some examples of some of the some of these intersections, some of the work that you've done to highlight the work of people working in the areas of social justice and and how you've used the art uh, to do that? So we've 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 been able to do a lot of creative pieces. And one of the things that we're focused on the most is um, not necessarily um, the struggle of what social justice looks like, but amplifying the voices of having real solutions and keeping that in front of, of, of our regular uh, everyday citizens and um, city leaders, folk that are making decisions about what justice looks like. So we wanted to make sure that our art um, work is a big part of that. So just recently during the national presidential election, we were able to commission um, some local artists to amplify uh, the vote project. And we did that with the Humanitarians Council as well in partnership with them. And we were able to uh, amplify the voice of our everyday voters by using some names like uh, Ruth Ginsburg, Judge Ruth Ginsburg. We were able to have a painting done with her, um, inspired by her. And we also had a painting inspired by John Lewis that uh, hangs at uh, Jackson State at the time. And we also had uh, a piece that uh, highlighted uh, some of our, our HBCU uh, uh, partitioners like Amegar Evers. And that is also a piece that is dedicated to Alcoa University. And so a uh, Fannie Lou Hamer piece was done as well during the uh, Promote the Vote. And, and Melanie, what's so great about that is that even now, since that piece was commissioned during the uh, presidential election, and it holds uh, true to our um, our advocacy work for social justice, just getting people out to vote their own voices. But not only that, it also speaks to our new um look at how we intersect art and culture because what we wanted to do is to create uh, creative economies for our artists that they can participate into uh, new economies that are going to expand how they're able to make a living and those pieces were are now in talks of being purchased by the ACLU to be permanent pieces with them so we were able to make make the communications to connect with that. And so we just kind of created what we call the the ecosystem of, of, of cultural uh, experiences. And so now we have four local artists from the state of Mississippi uh, right here in the area that will uh, have their pieces purchased by the ACLU to become per permanent fixtures in their mission to promote social justice and voting rights. Wow, that's, oh, that's phenomenal. Um, well, I want to talk about, you know, our listeners are, are hearing your, your passion. You are an advocate, a champion for the arts, yes. a champion for yes. social justice and, yes. and how those two come together. So I want to ask you a little bit more about, um, you know, growing up and, and how you got um, <laughs> to where you are now. <laughs> um, and so, um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, Sabrina as a, as a developing, um, as you were growing up and, and, and in influences there. So you grew up in Camden, is that right? I did. I did. Camden, Mississippi, um, right. A rural community right outside of Canton. And, um, we're, we're just some good people, good family people. Um, 
I would say that growing up, I had an experience uh, very, uh, very early about uh, protecting your rights and, right. and being free to, to live your authentic selves. And so that has been a great part of who I am as a person. But I think that my work um, early on in getting into environmental uh, justice work in the Louisiana parts kind of shaped my uh, professional life and, uh, and what that looks like. But I remember uh, going back to growing up in Camden, uh, we would always visit my grandmothers and, and a lot of people uh, are interested now in my story about my grandmother uh, as as she would begin to sing songs to us. And so she would sing these hymns and that's not foreign to our cultural background, you know, uh, old grandmothers <laughs> singing hymns with their aprons on, making biscuits, you know, that's sort of the thing. But um, she would sing these hymns and like add our parents' names in them and, and you know, <laughs> as, as a prayer or as a call out. And we just thought that, you know, she was just making these songs up and then we started going to church and you know realized that these were really these were real songs and she just added our our parents name in it and so <laughs> you know she she was a she was doing remixes before the remixes were known. Yes. <laughs> and so that really kind of shaped our our interest and i guess you know when you're able to resonate with songs it kind of helps you and so um that's kind of where my personality and my love for songs and all of those things kind of came into play. So Camden is the place. Yeah. Sounds like <laughs> it. Um, yeah. Really helped shape you. And then you were, you had mentioned, you know, your work in, in uh, environmental work. And I know you, you spent some time with the environmental protection agency. Were you um, working in Louisiana um, during I Katrina? Was. I I Well, wow. actually we, we got moved to Louisiana um, because of Katrina and um, mm. that kind of shaped my, my passion. You know, uh, uh, I think I've always been uh, passionate about uh, whatever my beliefs are, but I think it helped me think outside of myself. Uh, caring for others became um, an extremely important priorities of, of, of mine. And it was because of that first experience with, with, with Hurricane Katrina. You know, uh, one thing I can say, and I can attest to uh, that work and now my today work, um, disasters are terrible. We, we hate them. But for communities that have had seen... Uh, decades of disinvestments, it becomes the flattened ground for uh, what movement looks like. It's, it, it, it flattens everything. It gives a grounding place to make everything new again and to have vision again. Sometimes when you're in, in the process of the everyday back and forth, of what things look like and and for oppressed communities that could that could mean so much turbulence so uh so many hazards and uh environmental issues that you probably couldn't solve before but a disaster brings everybody attention to you and it also brings uh attention to your problems and so it gives you an opportunity to dream again and to vision again and so um after i uh, started working in the project in Louisiana during Hurricane Katrina, 
you know, I, I noticed that oppression uh, was more than just what it looked like in the community. It was a mindset. And so how do we shift that? Um, we shift that through culture and uh, cultural shifts are, are pretty hard. But um, the one opportunity that a, a disaster have is making everybody equal. Um, mm-hmm. Again, and it gives you an opportunity uh, to recover. And so, you know, uh, those that are of influence will recover quickly. But those that have passion, that are connected to helping other people, will help other people uh, recover and reach that hand out so that uh, everyone can level up. So I'm excited about that kind of work. And that kind of passion has grown in me. So when they're, I, I, I don't want to say this in a, in a bad way or taking it out of context, but when there is a disaster, I normally get excited because it, it helps us to, to think again, um, to re-envision again. It helps people to get on a, on a, a wavelength that can um, allow us to envision the community that we would like to, to live in. And it helps the cultural shift become a lot easier because uh, we're not just talking to decision makers. Now we're talking to the everyday person that lost everything. And their opinion now matters again to the overall conversation. And so as Katrina began to rebuild again, I visited back uh, to that space and was able to see brand new houses, new highways, um, where there were uh, chemical plants that everyone were fighting over about how to remove them out of the community. They were flattened, no longer a conversation anymore, uh, whether people could have clean air again. Um, So those conversations were eliminated by a disaster and people were able to have a dignified house again. Um, Then uh, the thoughts of how those um, houses should be built to sustain another 20, 30 years were a topic of conversation. So the aesthetics of of the houses changed so that people could uh, become uh, more modern. And I was excited about that. Um, Not that I don't like uh, redeveloping old things, but I like when things are able to start fresh. And so we are able to start fresh and culturally depict what that community looked like with their input, uh, all because of a a disaster. And so, uh, the arts play a big part in that because before you can build it, you have to imagine what it looks like. Mm. And so the arts help us communicate our imagination in ways that will, um, this country has been built on for ancient ages. And so I'm excited that the arts can now become, um, the focal point of the conversation and not necessarily taking the backseat of that. So when we tell our story, we want, want everyone to know that art has always been at the intersection of all things culture. We just need to tell that story properly because I'm invested in what the imagination looks like because when it becomes manifested, everybody else can enjoy it. And that's what art is about, having people to enjoy the spaces that we live, work, and we call community. I'm Melody Moody Thordis, and you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. To hear all our conversations with creative Mississippians, be sure to subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast on your favorite podcasting app. 
Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Slowly, we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll stop traffic, grab one out of the road. And then our friends found out, and our vet would call us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged, nonprofit turtle rescue. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Melody Moody Thordis, and today I'm speaking with Sabrina Wright, Executive Director of the Greater Jackson Arts Council. Before the break, Sabrina and I were talking about the intersections of the arts and social justice and the importance of input from the community that you're working with. And so, Sabrina, I want to ask you about, um, in your new tenure of as Executive Director of the Greater Jackson Arts Council, your ideas for, visions for um, listening to the community and getting to know what the needs and desires are of the people you're working with. Um, yes, Melanie, uh, we're excited to to cast out our new vision for GJAC as we're um, trotting along um, from this these national pandemics that we've experienced, these local pandemics that have um, exploded for for the communities. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to take some time and just listen. Um, We feel that uh, we all have problems and challenges that we're trying to solve within our our civic and social justice work. But I think that um, art and artists and creatives um, are underutilized tools that, that should be in toolkits of every industry from public education to health systems and transportation. We feel that, um, but we feel also that we haven't heard from that industry on how they are leading in their work. So we want to take the time out to just listen, Um, listen to artists, listen to industry leaders, um, listen to to uh, to thought um, creators to cultural leaders. We want to listen to everyone, Uh, the moms and pops that are sitting down with their kids. The, the folk from the neighborhood. We just want to listen. We want to listen and uh, take in all of that information. So I have been on uh, listening tours uh, since uh, early part of February, um, listening to the greater uh, community on on art sectors and just uh, on their art sector experiences and also um, how we measure that in the community now. Uh, what does that look like for um um, the priorities that our communities have, um, and how art, how art can inspire that, how art is participating in that, and who are their cultural um, experiences? Uh, well, I should say, what are their cultural experiences that they're having, and who are the folks that are they're uh, connecting that to their communities? And so, we're listening. We're just listening right now um, to everyone and everything. And we're responding as well. Um, my first two uh, listening tours have been exciting. I mean, when I say listen, we're not talking. We're just digesting. Uh, the context of, of how we're listening is we want to be able to inspire. We want to be able to to put some action steps together that will 
uh, guide our strategic process and our vision for the community as we're looking at how to rebuild, how to restore, how to make things livable again, how to connect to our communities again, how do we express our livability in our spaces, and then how do we ha- have fun? How, how, how are our experiences with joy? How are our experiences with uh, giving? You know, what are those experiences that we would like to have in our communities again? And so we're listening. Our first group of listening tours uh, was dedicated to um, African-American doctors, uh, female doctors, uh, which was a great, great series. Um, You're going to hear so much from that as uh, time goes on uh, from their listening uh, tours that they share with us about how doctors are being creative and using the arts to decompress. You know, uh, we don't think about that, but doctors are really uh, invested in, in what our health systems have um, have been exploded on or what has been exploded on our health systems in this time. Uh, doctors are really invested in that and their times are consumed more than ever. And so you will, it was, it was very, very interesting to me to learn that our, our doctors are participating in the arts just so that they can have some comfort, bring them joy, um, shift their, their minds to community and become more active and involved. And so uh, not only that, their encouragement of how to use the arts um, the mental health that they are focused on, on their patients and themselves and that self-care that we talk about so much that is so important uh, that COVID has brought back to our, our high priority. Our number one priority is how we care for ourselves. And these doctors helped us understand what that looks like. So we're really, really listening. And I'm so thankful to our board member who our board president is Dr. Uh, Lori Marshall. And she was able to curate that group of, of, of uh, doctors for us that uh, has expressed so much. Um, so we're excited about that. And we have a couple of more that, that we're curating, um, listening tours that is, so that we can hear from the greater community on how the, how we bridge connections and creating workforce development opportunities. And not only that, how we just uh, become invested in the community. Uh, during the break, I shared with you about a project that we're working on with a, with a local school that, uh, that it doesn't necessarily look like uh, an artistic piece but we're infusing the art into into that piece to make sure that the children and, and the families in that community in West Jackson are appreciated and know that they're appreciated. So they're becoming the art for us and we're using West Jackson as a canvas. Um, what would you say, you know, t- um, because this, this show, the Arts Hour, has a statewide reach through our partners at MPB, um, what would you say to people out there who want to share their thoughts who want to if you will be listened to whether they um identify as artists or not um and and their ears perked up and they said well i really want to be part of these conversations um how would you recommend that they get involved with your organization and to be part of some of those future uh curated listening sessions well, you can follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page that is very inactive, and we just expanded our mission statement to um, expand our reach across the state of Mississippi. So we're definitely interested into hearing feedback and also involvement in anyone across the state on how we could be of help. And we are curating a best practice for what this looks like. Um, after we've we've done the practice and the work, 
we definitely want to be able to pass this along to other communities. Because one thing about Jackson, Jackson is the hub of governing, which means that everyone in this state at some point in their life have to participate into the Jackson community. And they are a big part of what that Jackson community look like as well. And so helping them become invited into the rebuild of our strategic process is definitely something that we look forward to hearing about and look forward for them to, to participate in because we value um, what the artistic role and culture of Jackson should be since uh, the cultural of government, like I said, has such an influence on every person in this state. Uh, whether you're from the coast or from the Delta, uh, Jackson is the place to participate in all government because our capital it is our capital city. So we want to make sure that um, folk that are not necessarily from Jackson can participate in what we're doing here at the Greater Jackson Arts Council. And you can do that by our Facebook, um, which is Greater Jackson Arts Council, our Instagram, or our website. Our website is still being developed um, uh, we're, uh, or redeveloped, I should say. But <laughs> there is an option on there where you can uh, add comments. Um, it's the Greater Jackson Arts Council dot com that's the greater jackson arts council dot com and you can just go in there and uh, make some comments and feedback and we will make sure that we're attentive to them and just for me personally if there are some connections that you would like to to have with me directly you can you can email me um at silbrina s-i-l-b-r-i-n-a at greater jackson arts council dot com that's silbrina s-i-l-b-r-i-n-a at greater jackson arts council dot com Hi, I'm Melody Moody Thordis, and you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. To hear all our conversations with creative Mississippians, be sure to subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast on your favorite podcasting app. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. 